it's Sol, and welcome to this episode of In Flight. On this episode of In Flight, we have Matt, aka Chewy, who I'm sure a lot of you have heard of if you haven't watched his streams. He is a pretty popular streamer, um, so I'm sure you've heard his name at some point. But we have Matt on the show today, uh, which was a really fantastic conversation. Um, this actually takes the cake as the longest in-flight episode, um, taking it away from Cat Strader, um, Ty, aka. Um, so sorry, Ty, but your throne has been taken from you. This is now one of the longest episodes. Um, so since it is the longest episode, here's a few things you can look out for. Um, in this episode, we talk about Matt's studio. We talk about Cars 2 in some way or another. Uh, we talk about the career that Matt had before flight simming and how he sort of got into flight simming. Um, some of the reactions that his friends give him whenever they hear about his job and a lot more stuff. It was a really great conversation. Norm, Matt, and I also talked for quite a bit of time after uh, the recording ended until we all kind of had to force ourselves to get off because I needed to make dinner, Norm needed to eat as well, and Matt just needed to go to bed because at that point it was two or three in the morning. So we had a really great talk. I really enjoyed having Matt on the show, and I absolutely think that you should go check him out if you have not already. One thing to note before we get started, you will hear around the 55-minute mark that there is an awkward and weird kind of jump between things that Matt says and things that Norm say. Um, and that's because Matt disconnected at one point in the stream and sorry, in one point of the recording. And I was going to keep that in, but I decided that maybe it would be a little bit weird to <laughs> keep Norm and I just acting all confused and trying to figure things out. So it just sounds a little bit weird there because I, what Norm wanted to say was important. Um, and what Matt was saying at the end, right before he cut out, I wanted you guys to hear, um, and I didn't want to cut that out. So it is going to sound a little bit weird, but hopefully you'll bear with me on that. And also if you are a podcast listener on SoundCloud, um, you can now see Norman Eyes' faces on YouTube. And from now on, we are going to be having a actual recorded version of the podcast on YouTube. So if you'd like to see how Norman and I are reacting to something uh, that our guests are saying, or if you'd like to see our guests, because on in some situations, uh, we will actually have our guests showing their faces as well. Um, Matt wasn't able to do that because it was a little bit tricky connecting his OBS uh, system. Sorry, it, it was a little bit tricky connecting his DSLR to the uh, to a Zencaster, which is what we used. So he wasn't able to do that, but you can look at Matt's streams if you'd like to see his face. Um, but hopefully we'll have some other guests who also join us in showing our faces as well. So if you'd like that, and that sounds like something you would like um, to check out, just go to our YouTube channel, Threshold. If you can't find it just by searching, just search Threshold X-Plane um, and everything will be there. And you can also find it through our website because everything is linked on the website. So that was three minutes and 30 seconds of me blabbering. So I'm going to stop talking now. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I'll see you guys in the next podcast episode. I'll be quizzed yeah. on the topics of conversation this evening. Right? <laughs> yeah, um, okay. exactly. <laughs> so um, how did you, how did you get into flight simulation in the first place? Cause it's a very niche 
thing. Yeah, so flight simulation was a weird one for me. I mean, staying school kids, but me and a friend at school basically tried to do everything possible to not talk about, I should say, math class, right? Because I'm talking to Americans <laughs> right now. So it's maths here, the, the correct term. And uh, yeah, in math class, we would basically talk about everything that wasn't math. Um, and he said, hey, I've got a flight simulator. Come around one day, check it out. And he had, you know, the old SciTech yoke, which is still a thing that even in 2021, people are using that thing, although it's it's Logitech who own it now, I think. Isn't yep. it? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and so I just tried it out there and always kind of had it as a little bit of a hobby. And then in 2014, I started to learn a few things here and there, kicked off with the Aerosoft Airbus and PMDG 737. And in my final year at university, decided to start streaming it just for a bit of fun when I got a new PC. And that was it, really. So it was kind of something that I stumbled across by accident. I've not got any real world aviation experience, not got anybody in the family who's an aviator or anything. Just, uh, yeah, came about randomly. Well, that's good, because that means that you don't you don't have to be one of those people that has to clarify that they're a real world pilot in their description, (laughs) which is. (laughs) Oh, absolutely which I, I honestly think is a lot more genuine whenever streamers do that. Cause it's like, you're doing it for fun. You're like, I obviously real world pilots are doing it for fun to a degree as well, but it's like, you don't need to like show that that's like something that you can, you're going to be adding to the experience. That's I cool think though. as well, like there's loads of different advantages and disadvantages for real world pilots in the streaming atmosphere as well, especially if it's a job, because as a public face in the community, you've got to think about that aspect with your public face with the company. Even if your viewers don't necessarily know what company you fly for, a lot of the time it's not very difficult to find out or uh, kind of do educated guesses at it. So mm-hmm. real world pilots have got to be careful in that aspect. Well, yeah, me as a streamer, you know, I don't care. I can do what I like. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to anybody to answer to but myself. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen some of the real world guys. I've watched all of them stream and, you know, when they screw up a landing, it's a simulator for God's sake. People yeah. kind of want to hold them accountable. I'm like, wait a minute, it's a simulator. Leave the guy alone. He's not, <laughs> yeah. a, you know, not at work. You know, let him relax and you know, <laughs> you know, float it out a little bit and so forth and so on. So they, they have way more pressure than just regular streamers or not pilots, I think. Yeah, definitely. Do you ever feel as if you have a lot more pressure on you specifically, Matt? Because I, I think it's no surprise to like all of us here that you are one of the larger flight sim streamers out there. So do you ever feel as if you have external pressures that maybe some other streamers don't have or no? No, I feel like that's the thing that's always got to me. Uh, my previous experience before I got into flight simulation was um, esports commentary. So I used to be a professional Call of Duty and Counter-Strike commentator. And that was pressure when you know that there's, you know, 30, 40,000 people watching. You're in a very business orientated market where your performance is scrutinized very, very harshly. And so that taught me a lot of lessons that the best way to operate for me was to ensure that I was having fun with it. And my best work in that role came about by having fun. And so I took that into streaming. And so, no, I've never felt any pressure Um, Even with working with various brands, um, I look at them as opportunities to have fun and to try and infuse some more fun into the content. And so, no, it's weird with flight simulation all the way through right from day one. I mean, yeah, when there's like maybe a thousand people watching across the pond landing after a 10 hour flight, you kind of don't want to screw up the landing, right? (laughs) You know, that's, that's some pressure, but yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah, there's a little bit there, you know, you, 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 shake your shoulders about like right come on here we go let's butter this one but uh, I, d- I don't think so i think pressure is something that 
um, different people handle in different ways. And I know there are some flight sim streamers who um, can sometimes struggle when it comes to pressure on screen, but they don't necessarily show it on screen, which is something that I think is really admirable of a lot of them. The fact that they can, because um, it's not easy being a streamer sometimes, um, because I feel that with YouTube content, um, on videos, you can edit things out, right? You can kind of yep. show what you want to the world. Whilst as a streamer, you are live and everything you say is relayed live two seconds after you say it. Yeah. And so sometimes if there's streamers who, you know, who might seem to get stressed that they're not doing the right things on live stream or they're not promoting the right things, they're actually doing a heck of a lot better job of it than they think they are, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I make them see me sweat on stream. I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm having a bad time with an airplane or something, I just let them see it. And you know what? For some reason, they kind of like it. They're getting a little insight into you and your personality. And, you know, and with you, it makes sense now that you have the broadcasting background because that's where that voice comes from. Because the first time <laughs> I saw it, like, this dude's got a voice, man. Really? Now I know why. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's always something that always actually fascinated me about you because Norm and I, um, I, I so again, I, I don't know how much you know about the two of us, but um, so I, I started working at Threshold a little over a year ago and Norm started streaming about two years ago-ish now. Um, yeah. And uh, he was a, one of the first guests on the show. Uh, and I really liked our dynamics, so I, I reached out to him and I asked if he wanted to be my co-host because I realized that just me um, at that time, especially when I was really learning to fall into just my voice in general with podcasting mm. and just presenting, just wasn't really there. And I needed somebody to like somebody to go off on or somebody to be able to help. You need me somebody to bounce moments. with, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I reached out to See, Norm this and is that's how this Norm is what. This is what's also really interesting for me because completely away from flight simulation, my degree is in voice studies. So I look at these things really interestingly as well, completely away from the aviation side of things, but on the broadcasting aspect of things as well. It really interests me with prod with podcasts because and things like that, because YouTube content, I find the way that I speak on YouTube videos is entirely different to the way that I speak yeah. on live stream. Yeah, right. And so it's something that I personally do subconsciously, but I know a lot of content creators who may not find that kind of thing come natural to them can spend quite a lot of time obsessing over. So even as a podcast host, right, having somebody else to be able to bounce off it makes a huge difference to your own performance isn't the right word, but you know what I mean. No? Yeah. Uh, voice studies. That actually sounds very unique. Uh, just it's thinking a, it's about a bit of a niche. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> is that like, um, is that kind of like a branch of psychology in a way? Because you are yeah. studying the way somebody speaks. Yeah, absolutely. So it can go in various directions. So it was a Bachelor of Arts degree. So there was a lot of stagey things, prancing around on stages, singing your heart out, <laughs> that kind of crap, you know, which, which I loved, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mind that. But yeah, like anatomy and physiology, and it can also definitely go into the psychology realms and like speech and language therapy realms and those kind of things. Um, so who knows when all of this simulation is over for me that'll probably be where i return back to i imagine Ooh, that's a that's definitely a scary word for some people to hear that matt might end streaming at some point i, I, yeah. I think it i think it's something that you have to accept as a yeah. live streamer in, in in this world you know and i think that's something that i've carried with me since day one i started flight simulation as a hobby in my last year of university streaming it 
And I thought in my gap year, I'll give myself six months. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go and do my master's. And here we are entering my now fifth year wow. um, of doing it full time, but you know, and sorry, no, I was going to say that might be the magic uh, where you come across so natural in your streams and your presentation, because you're not saying, Hey, this is it. And there's nothing else after this. I'm, I have mm. to be the best. You're like, you know what? I have other things I can go back to and fall back on. So let me just go out here and take the pressure off and have fun. Yeah, Absolutely. That- and I think that in itself um, is something that's been critical to me as a human being, let alone as a broadcaster as well. Like me, you know, like there is Chewy, but there is also Matt. And I'm not trying mm. to say I'm two different people, but you know, people get to see me for five hours a day, but there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes. And so knowing that I've got other things going on and that when this does eventually end, because it, it will eventually end whenever that may be, um, I've got other projects and things and other passions in life that I can go and pursue. Um, and the best thing about being my own boss is that I can kind of start to gauge when it might be the right time to move on from those things. Don't worry, I'm not gauging those things yet, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be able to do that, hopefully. No, that's well, awesome. You just, you just gave me a really good clickbait title if I wanted to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Chewy, Chewy gauging his Chewy ending. End streaming. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that'll get some clickbait views. Easy. <laughs> And then Definitely one, have to think about that. <laughs> one of the things that I noticed when we we're setting up uh, to schedule this um, podcast with you is that you know you had you said something about having a specific day where you just don't even go to the computer at all. And I thought about yeah. it and go, man, I admire that because for all these young guys coming out who want to stream or think it's you know they're going to get into it and do it every day, you got to better be careful. You need to take time away from the screen and stuff. And I, it's I like anything, I yeah. It's it's like anything. I remember my, again, back to my university degree, my course leader, who I called my university mum because she was just amazing. She mm. said to me, sometimes, Matt, the best thing for your degree can be to take a day away from your degree. And I've carried that with me ever since. And I carry that with me into my content creation. If I've had a bad day, if I've had a bad week, if I'm stressed out, if something hasn't gone to plan, being able to take time away from it and um, refresh and spend some time doing something else is absolutely critical. And I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit, it's been something that I've been struggling with, again, with everything going on in the world right now. And with us being under a national lockdown, I can't go and see my friends. I can't go and see my girlfriend. You know, I've been sat in this house with nothing but flight simulation for weeks. And it's been driving me crazy <laughs> because I've not been able to let loose a bit, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's really kind of driven that point home again for me that um, as a content creator, you have to find a balance away from the content creation because if you don't and you just keep trying to drive content, 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 you will burn out. Um, you will burn out eventually. Some people it can take years, some people it can take weeks, but eventually you will. Yeah. And I, and I think your content might suffer for it too, because the passion yeah, yeah. you have when you're fresh, you don't have that passion and energy when you've been at it for four or five days straight. Just can't mm-hmm. do it, you know? Yeah, so absolutely. Honestly, that's why I feel pretty 
blessed to be able to have the podcast because the podcast is probably the most low key thing that I ever have to do. <laughs> it's just hopping on, talking, and then when I have to edit, I just quickly balance everybody's audio and make sure there aren't any discrepancies, and I just listen to the episode again, and then that's it. <laughs> Low key and chill think, position. It's good. And yes. I think that's that's a really like interesting point for me to go off on with content creation wise on how like easy that is for you to be able to create things, and that's something that I give for a tip for a lot of content creators. Just because you are trying your hardest with making content doesn't mean it will be a success. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, for example, the stats don't lie in certain aspects. I look at YouTube videos where I will spend 10 minutes exporting a Twitch clip um, that, you know, you just export it, you highlight it in Twitch, export it to YouTube, put a clickbait thumbnail on it, blah, 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 gone live, taken me half an hour, job done. And that can get 10 times as many views as a video that I spend a whole weekend on yep. trying to get something <laughs> together. And so it's, it, you know, and that's not always the correlation, but no. you will have some things that do better than others and you cannot explain why they do, but they it's, do. It's like... This is, I have a perfect example. When Microsoft Flight Simulator came out and everybody was just going crazy, posting like so much content. Um, I spent like a day just getting a bunch of quick videos up on Threshold's uh, YouTube channel just to help like new Sims, Sim pilots out. Yeah. And and I, I spent maybe like 15 minutes working on this troubleshooting video where I just recorded myself just doing a few basic troubleshooting steps. And that video to date has the most views out of any <laughs> video we have done. And it's a video where I, I don't show anything in the simulator. There's no fancy cinematics. It's just me on my desktop clicking on links and showing people what to do in order to try to fix their simulator. And it just blows my mind. <laughs> and the worst part about that is that if you look bad that day or something like that, you know, like if I'm not shaved or something like that, or like, oh, damn, I forgot to clean my teeth before I went live. And now this video has got 100,000 views. Like, oh, yep. gosh, yeah. It's and true. you can't do anything about that. So yeah, it's true. I, think, I, I think that's the beauty, the magic of content creation. Yeah. Right? I love I, it. Yeah. I used to get mad at the YouTube algorithms, you know, for not picking up mm. that one video that I know is going to be the best thing. And then you do another thing that's just barely, you know, whatever. And YouTube picked that up and runs with it. And you're getting so many clicks. You're like, what? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. What I even bought but... to try, you know? But... <laughs> and, and that's it. Because I think every content creator gets that moment where you're like, why do I bother trying? But it's then to have the ability to let go and go, well, it's out of my hands. I can't do anything about YouTube algorithms. I've just got to keep on grinding, keep doing what yeah. I do best. And hope that that, you know, alone is the driving force behind things. I can't do anything about YouTube algorithms and whether people click on live streams and stuff like that. I've done my best. It's, you know, everything else is out of my hands now, yeah. which but, is scary, but also okay. quite exciting, I think. But speaking about numbers, I mean, uh, do you remember your growth and when you realize that, hey, you know what, this live streaming um, of Flight Sim is going somewhere. Do you remember that so, at all? I mean, again, I mentioned that I hate math. It goes just for numbers in general. I do not look at statistics 
at that's all. That's good though. That's really um, good because some people get obsessed with it and it's really bad. And I think that is the downfall of a lot of content creators where they just look at the stats and nothing else. Yes, when this is a full-time job to a certain degree, I have to. It is a requirement of me to be able to gauge some metrics on certain things and certain partners that I work with will ask for metrics and things like that. So that's completely acceptable. But it's when people sit there and constantly refresh their stream to see how many people are watching the stream or what their subscriber count is on or how many likes a video have got. It can drive you round the bend. And I think that was always one thing that um, there was never kind of like a shining light moment where I woke up and sat bolt right up in bed and went, oh, I need to do this full time. <laughs> you know, there was, there was never that shining moment. It was just a natural progression where I could see like, okay, I'm starting to make a bit of money off this now. Okay. I'm starting to make a little bit more money off this now. You know what? I've got six free months. Let's give it a try. And that was it. And it was honestly as simple as that. Um, and I think that's something that, I get asked a lot about from new new aspiring content creators is how do I gain growth? And yeah. there's no magic answer to it. And unfortunately, uh, I will be the first to admit a lot of it is luck. Yeah. A lot of it is luck. Like, yeah, you can grind your way through things and absolutely that will help. But um, there is still an element of luck to it, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying that's the main predominant factor in it whatsoever, but you can just have that kind of one video that just suddenly goes off, as we quickly spoke about earlier on, that suddenly drives a load of people to your channel. Or you can suddenly have a business, watch a particular live stream or something like that, which they might not have clicked on before, which suddenly gives you an opportunity for something else. And yes, your hard work and dedication and the grind that you put in is absolutely the thing that leads to that. And I think 110% that everybody makes their own luck, but you still have to have that small element of it in my opinion anyway some people may disagree but you know that's just my experience with it right yeah, i was going to i was going to ask you a question about uh, engaging your audience but from watching you i think you've just always been you from day one i don't think you mm. did anything special you know not special but you didn't jump up and do tricks or whatever you just you were just chewy from day one you yeah know? um but would you advise new live streamers to actually engage with the audience and talk and you know interact it so is the it is the most critical thing as a content creator to engage with your audience i will say it again it is the most critical thing um without a doubt um i maintain that flight simulation is actually the secondary thing on my live stream um, and that's always been an ethos that I've had with it. Flight simulation is kind of the thing that brings us all together, for, you know, different um, ages, different sexes, different genders, different ge geographic areas. That's the kind of common thing that brings us together as a community. But it's then how we interact with each other and the topics that we all talk about um, that is what predominantly I enjoy most about the live streaming aspect. Yeah, cool, great fun that we've all got this common thing with flying and we can all talk about it, but that's not just the thing that we talk about. And so viewer engagement is absolutely the thing that's always driven my live stream. And yeah, as you say, I've always come to my live stream and with any content that I create, just trying to be me, because as mentioned earlier on, um, you can edit a YouTube video and be whoever you like on that YouTube video. You can't do like try streaming, 30 hours a week every single week for five years and faking it good luck to you i shake your hand and look forward to seeing you at the end of it because you know you might have ripped all of your hair out by then 
Um, yeah, you have to be yourself, whatever yeah. that may be. Whatever that may be, you may think that you're the most boring person in the world and nobody's going to watch you, but I guarantee you that there will be somebody who likes your content for what you specifically bring to it. Even if you are not the most technological person and you don't know every aircraft system, if you can have a, a good laugh and have fun and run quizzes or, you know, you know, different content creators kind of specialize in different aspects of things. And it's yeah. finding what you want to do and what you want to bring to your content that is i think um the most important thing for aspiring content creators yeah for sure i think what i learned from you watching you sometimes is that you know when you start as, as a streamer you try to be all professional everything is going to run smooth you're not going to have any issues at all and then something mm. goes wrong on your stream yeah and the way you handled it you're like okay something went wrong let's see if we could deal with it and fix it you didn't get rage quit or get upset or you know and at first it's like well okay people didn't go anywhere they didn't leave they actually try to help you figure stuff yeah. out it goes wrong and like okay i could do that too you know and it's worked when when in the middle of a stream boom that's it simulator goes belly up and you're like oh boy all right but yeah. they actually interact with you during that entire process and not leave and help you solve it and start all over again or whatever you have to do. I got mm. that from you <laughs> watching you do that. You know, I was well, like, wow. I've I've learned you have to be able to laugh at yourself a little bit. You, you you know you have to not be afraid to sometimes make a little bit of a fool out of yourself, um, for the greater good of providing some not some comedy of people laughing at you, but being able to um diffuse a situation if you do have an awkward moment with production or with uh, let's say a troll or something like that being yeah. able to diffuse it but at the same time i am human like everybody else i have my moments i am not perfect nobody is and so you know i am the first person to admit that there will be some days where i'm a little bit more grouchy but the way that i always try and approach that is i will tell my live stream i'm like hey guys Sorry if I'm not the most energized today. Sorry if I'm not exactly my perky self. I won't be offended if you don't want to watch, but you know, we're just going to chill out and relax today. And so I don't mind being honest with people and telling them if I'm having a problem or if I'm not feeling something or if I just don't fancy doing flights in today. Um, you know, because again, if you just fake it and if I sat there for five hours faking that I was having an amazing time when I was having all of these <laughs> issues, like it just, nah, not going to work. Not it the way I work. like to roll. Yeah. Yeah, really exhausting too. Because yeah, you you spend all this time trying to be this fake person. So then, if you even if you go in to your stream being exhausted, it it just like it'll it'll just never end up well. Like as as you said, if you just you try doing that for what was it you said thirty hours a week every like, yeah for five years, that just that's just gonna take such a toll on you too. And eventually, like you won't even be able to put up that fake like mask anymore because mm -hmm. you will just be so burnt out from doing it all the time that just the thought of it is just like terrible to you it all falls down and i'm not yep. saying names but i've seen it happen i've seen personas on various not just in the flight sim community by any means but you know i've been involved with twitch since 2012 2011 so i've mm -hmm. seen my fair stray of streamers who you think you know and then suddenly something will trigger there'll be a catalyst or something you know um, or you'll see like a steady decline in something and you'll be like, well, what, what happened to that person? You know, you know, you see it with celebrities, I guess, as well. Right. Sure. You know, not just not just content creators. You see celebrities who go downhill and you're like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> 
like damn so nowhere yeah right yeah so it it happened again we're all human and so i think just admitting that to people and admitting that i'm gonna have bad days and i'm not gonna be you know 100 every single day that i live stream and i think one thing that i've always had a concern about with that and one thing that still to this day kind of gets me down on that is that people will assume that because i'm having a bad day that I don't appreciate the work that I'm doing. Like, you know, some people will come and say, dude, I just worked a 12 hour shift stacking shelves. Here you are flying a flight sim and you're not having fun. You know, you should appreciate what you're doing as a job. That's why I worry that people think when it's not that case at all, you know, it doesn't matter what you do and what your job is. If you do it enough, um, there are times where you can lack in motivation or external factors may come into work or come into, you know, your content. Um, and it's how you embrace those and move on. And I use my live stream and I use my community to get past those things. The majority of the time, if I'm having a bad day, I might go onto the live stream and go, oh gosh, I don't know if I can be bothered today. And I'll come away from it going, that was awesome. I had such fun. Everybody cheered me up, you know? Yeah. So I can, I can concur with that. You know, yeah. something happens for the day you, you're setting up and you're like, man, I can't do this today. And yeah. maybe as the light goes on and you go live, people are saying hi to you. It picks you up, picks up your spirit. Mm. You know? And um, that's something that's fascinating to me. I, I've seen that too. So definitely I could just imagine that happening, you know, to all of us at some point, you know, this is It's good. critical. Yeah. It's critical. Yeah. If I didn't have the community that I've got, you know, being able to pick me up, um, then there's no way I'd still be doing this. No way at all. Absolutely not. So that's one thing that's always been my driving force and made me feel blessed. It's not the numbers. It's not whatever money I'm making. Um, it's the fact that you get people who tune in day in, day out, um, or the people who might be away for six months and go, Hey, I'm sorry. I haven't subbed for six months. I've been away, but I'm back home now. It's good to see you're still streaming and hope you're healthy. You know, those kind of messages go way further. Um, let me yeah, ask you this question though. Us. Isn't it amazing how you can, recognize people's or remember people's names in chat that haven't mm-hmm. been in the stream for a while and they come back and you'd know the name right away it's always amazed me like how do i remember this person's name but yeah yeah you know and people get it like wait how do you remember my name i've not been here for eight months and i'm like i, I don't know i just remember your name <laughs> but i've got a weird thing as well where i can pick up where somebody's done a name change when they subscribe i had it today mm. somebody resubscribed for six months and i read out the name and i was like that's a six month subscriber and i've never read out that name before who's done the name change and a lot of the time people won't tell you that they've done a name change so they have to tell you afterwards like oh yeah sorry i changed my name to this in twitch chat so that's always an awkward one for me a little bit when people change their name because you kind of you don't build a persona of somebody via twitch chat but you kind of get to know somebody just via their username which is a very tricky thing to have to do sometimes that a lot of your social interaction is just by a name on twitch but then when they change it you're like is this the same person bro like what's what's going on is this the same person i used to know you've changed man you've changed it's almost as if you you get to know the person through their twitch name it's like their twitch name becomes them and then when yeah when it when it changes them it's like what kind of midlife crisis did you go through are you okay my favorite thing low-key don't tell anyone but my favorite thing is when they by don't tell anyone i don't mind if this is on the broadcast uh, (laughs) is when they make a spelling error when they change their name but they make a spelling error in it and i'm like 
I sometimes don't have the heart to tell them. I'm like, you know, like, should I tell this guy that he's just changed his name for the foreseeable future and doesn't know whether he can change it back and he's <laughs> something wrong? Like, come on, yes. surely you check those kind of things over like five times before hitting the enter button. Oops. So, yeah. But I mean, it goes on to a point for me that I love to raise that is tricky as a content creator for me, you know, living at home is that, yes, a lot of my social interaction with work is just a Twitch chat name. And as much as you can get to know somebody and you can talk to them daily, for the most part, they are just a name in the chat. They get to see all of you. They get to see me on camera. They get to hear me every single day. I don't even know what any of them sound like. Usually what their first names are or what they look like or anything. True. Um, And that's kind of a weird thing in a way. Um, And I think a a lot of content creators kind of struggle with that sometimes where they struggle to know how to react to people. And I've certainly got it as well, where somebody could say something and I misinterpret it. And I think they're being condescending and I'll respond condescending to them or well, not condescending back, but you know, I'll kind of make a comment like, you know, dude, you don't need to be like that. And then it turns out they're a real pilot and know a crap load more than me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yes, yes. Sorry, sir. Yes, sir. You know, you're like, oh, oh gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you you make mistakes with interacting with people sometimes and tone of voice cannot be like, cannot be interpreted over Twitch chat a lot of the time, unless you put a capper at the end or something like that, you know, that's a great help. Put a capper (laughs) at the end if you're being sarcastic, please, bro. You know, that helps. Lost Um, in translation. Yes. Yeah. Lost in translation. That's it. So sometimes comments can, can, yeah. Um, come across in a different way to the original way that they may be intended. That's just a general thing with text conversation, right? But especially when you've then got hundreds of people all talking to each other at once, it can escalate very quickly. Um, So it's managing that and being able to try and uh, look at messages and read read further into what they're saying than just what they are saying, if that makes sense. Maybe if English isn't their first language. Right, exactly. And they've said something, you know, that you've not yep. quite understood, and you're like, okay, right. Well, I'm going to ask you a question back to make sure that I'm asking your original correct uh, question correctly. Yeah, mm, I I never knew that that was a strategy. That's actually really smart. It's 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 something that you do subconsciously, honestly. Mm. Um, I think, yeah. What is your method of dealing with trolls? We've we've asked a few people mm. before in the podcast here. What is your method of dealing with dealing with trolls? four words kill them with kindness (laughs) because the last thing they expect for you to do is to spam them with love hearts and hope that they have a lovely day (laughs) it is not the reaction they expect at all so when somebody trolls and you're just like you know yeah I'll, i'll maybe make a little dig like dude have you really got nothing better to do hey you know ninja's not streaming Fortnite right now go and have a look over there you know like you can go back in that direction if you really need to my dude but we'll send you with some love on your way kind of thing and they're just sat there like okay i was not expecting that like, exactly. this guy to tilt you know abort what am i supposed to do yeah yeah right yeah absolutely. i wanted to get the skin and it's not working yeah um and you know and then you get the other aspects of things with not just trolling in twitch chat but you know there's the things with online flyers and vatsim trolling and things like that i'm very lucky to be in a position where i'm a supervisor on the vatsim network meaning that i can deal with any potential issues Ah. instantly as they come through oh wow and uh i've had yeah i've had full permission from the board of governors to be able to 
use those powers. They trust me to use my powers and not just kick everybody off the network for the sake of it kind of thing, you know. Clean like, hey, bro, airport. I don't like your call sign. Right. Bye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Chewie's in Gatwick. I'm taking everybody off. Go. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> you took my myself. stand. I'm banning you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Nice. But, but so, yeah, so that it's it's again it's a thing of being able to be tough with trolls sometimes but also to, to as i say kill them with kindness because they just do not expect it and it's so funny every time to see somebody write a hateful thing in chat and then for 300 people to just spam love hearts at the market <laughs> <laughs> you know like what do they even do to that <laughs> You can't accept it because technically you didn't do anything that's lovable, but you also can't like, uh, what's the what's the word? You can't go against it because otherwise you're just going to keep on getting more. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> There's no so, comeback for love hearts. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't I, I never enjoy banning people. Uh, you know, I never enjoy if I have a way with words and I can suddenly make kind of like a sly comment at a troll. And, you know, I, I never like doing those things, but I sometimes feel like they're necessary, especially because I try when I was really starting out and starting to get, uh, I hate the word popular, but when I started to gain a, a traction with the following on, on content creation, there would be quite a lot of trolls coming in. And, um, I think it was a really difficult thing for me because I was constantly trying to be upbeat and energetic and positive. They thought I was an easy target. Mm. and so sometimes if you can just kind of switch and go bro that's not acceptable you know and kind of not switch on a dime and be an ass about things but show that you're not going to take any crap at the same time but in a respectful way to them um they they don't really have a leg to stand on or or Um, just have a quick wit you know about you you know quick yeah you you pick it up after a while that you know how to come back at somebody Mm. immediately and shut mm. it down and they're like oh okay uh, i'm sorry <laughs> you have so, to be you have yeah. to be quick-witted with these things because chances are they've spent about 30 minutes trying to type and fat finger the keyboard to try and you know write these messages see that's the kind of witty comment that i'll make to them you know like dude you just spent 30 minutes typing out four words and i'm gonna ban you instantly you know, like, that's the kind of thing right where you know you just have a laugh with them right you know you kind of you take the mickey a bit but you don't like personally attack them as such so yeah, you kind of got to throw a bit of banter back there, I feel, in a way. You got to show that you're not a pushover, yeah. but you're also not going to be toxic. There's a very fine line between being able to stand your ground as a content creator, and then there's a line where it can cross and you can start to be toxic yeah. in response to it, which breeds further toxicity. And a lot of content, I've, I've seen content creators, again, I'm not naming names, who wonder why they get so much toxicity. And I'm like, bro, look in the mirror. Yeah. Um, simple as that yeah simple as that come to think of it absolutely you're right the way you deal with your trolls can you can go right up to the line and if you go over that line then you're toxic yourself Mm -hmm. yeah you're just as bad as them yeah which promotes it further and makes them think that it's okay to do to other people or to further do to you You know. Well, because if you if you also think about it, your audience in a way they're watching you because they enjoy the person you are, and they mm. part of that is probably because to a degree they see themselves in you as well. So if you're a really toxic person, then you're going to be getting in, you're going to be gathering that audience because they yeah. see themselves in you. So then yep. it just creates That's this exactly whole it. thing that completely feeds off of each other 
um, just regardless of whatever happens. It is. It's like the Lion King. It's the circle of life, yeah. you know, with but with with toxicity. <laughs> and <laughs> some don't get me wrong. Some live streamers thrive off it, and it is the driving thing in their content. And I'm not going to judge them for it because if they're aware of it and that's their kind of selling point, and they've got a lot of money coming in, and they've got an audience who thrives off them being toxic, but they're not breaking any rules and they're still having fun. That's their thing. I'm going to leave them to it, but personally, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, but you know, and but and they will kind of specifically advertise themselves in that way of kind of being the bad boy content creator. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. Where they, you know, they don't mind to say their mind, and they know that Twitch chat's going to laugh at it when they make a sly comment. And I don't like that kind of thing, but that's just me yeah. and the way that I've always approached my content. You're going to have to be and able so, to carry that forward for a very long time if you build yeah. yourself on that. You know, you Absolutely. can't just drop it one day and go, you know, I'm just going back to be normal. Nope. I'm going to play My Little Pony and just, you know, <laughs> chill out, you know, like, yeah, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. So <clears throat> some people are just like that. You know, everybody's different. And it goes back to the same thing as I said earlier, that every different content creator has got a kind of different thing to bring to their content. And if it unfortunately is toxicity, but they're making a success out of it, I guess to some degree, who the heck am I to judge them? But um, as long as they're not causing harm to other people and they're not breaking any rules or anything like that, you know, um, again, very fine lines and they play with danger. Um, but, um, I think it's something, as you say, that's very difficult to keep up 24 seven. And I, I don't quite know how, gotcha. how they do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let's switch uh, topics here for a second. Your studio mm. rebuild or new build or um, how did that go? How did that come out? Um, what lessons have you learned from that? And you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Your, what well, lessons I've learned... have you learned and all this other stuff? <laughs> for, I've for, learned the lesson to know. never trust me with a paint roller again. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely that. And that I absolutely hate DIY. No, um, no. So <laughs> the studio rebuild. Um, I don't know if you guys know. Uh, I know a lot of my audience and the Flightsome community know. So I used to share. This is a garage conversion, and I used to share this studio with my father, who uh, um, who passed away last year. And um, every day, I would walk into my studio and see his desk, see wow. his computer, exactly as he left it, and it killed me every time I walked in. <laughs> and I just kind of felt one day, right, this is. I'm not kicking him out of the room, but I need to make it my own now, you know, and he would want me to make it my own. And so I thought, right, well, why not make it kind of like your dream studio? You know, you're not going to Vegas this year because that's been canceled. So <laughs> why not use that budget on that trip on something productive and a working environment for you that you are going to be able to design for yourself and love to work in and want to get up each day? Because that is again a thing, you know, when I spend 10 to 12 hours a day in front of a computer, you want to enjoy sitting in front of that computer. You want to be surrounded by the things. And so it was a long process, a process that took a lot longer than I would have wanted it to because the desk specifically that I got created is a bespoke desk that was made to my specifications for the room and with the woods and, and everything like that, which cost a lot of money, but was worth every, every single cent of it. And so obviously when you've got things like that and you've got timelines of, you know, like when the floor is going in, when the lighting fixtures are going in, you've kind of got to be able to logistically manage those things whilst also keeping up a full-time content creation schedule as well. And so juggling those things was quite difficult being able to, and that's one thing that I learned about being able to manage a project 
to do with my work, but wasn't necessarily actually my work, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. It was a great kind of healing process for mum and I after dad passed to be able to have something that we could look forward to and kind of like a fresh start to a room and something that we could both approach and have our takes on. We are awful at DIY and <laughs> and everything like that, but it was it was bittersweet to some degree because, you know, we used a lot of his tools and everything like that, you know, and those kind of things, which was sad. And at the time we were like, oh gosh, I wish he was here to teach me how to put a roll plug into the wall, for goodness sake, whilst <laughs> I almost want to bash this hammer through this freaking plasterboard right now, you know. <laughs> oh my God. But then half an hour later, you think, yeah, he's probably laughing at us right now as we try and do this. And so this studio isn't perfect. I'm looking right now at bits of paint that we've slightly missed or something. But <laughs> I love them because it shows that it was a learning process for mum and I. And it was something that even though at the time was quite stressful and we didn't perfect, uh, you know, to a, a, a you know professional painter and decorators, it was perfect for us because it was a project that we could do together. And so it's really weird that, yeah, I've got this fancy flash studio with all this nice lighting and this bespoke desk and all of my Lego models and everything everywhere. And yeah, that's all really cool. But actually the thing that I've taken away from it is that um, it, you don't need to get these kind of projects perfect. And actually sometimes the imperfections can be the things that you love the most about it if that makes sense, because it makes it unique and yeah. you kind of go, Oh gosh, I really should have painted over that, but ah, screw it. It looks funny. So, you know, <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you say that um, because you saying that I, I wanted to be, um, I, I hadn't seen Pixar movies from my childhood in a really long time. Uh, so I decided to watch cars one and cars Ooh. two oh, <laughs> this man. past weekend. Yes. Oh, wow. So great. Um, still just as good as I remember them. Yeah. I actually didn't, I didn't realize though when I was younger that uh, lightning McQueen was actually kind of an asshole before he went to radio. <laughs> <laughs> so after he like, yeah, when that, when that happened and I, I realized the actual person he was, I was like, wow, I just, that's a, totally other another layer to the story there's also just so many adult jokes in those movies it's so great um but in the second movie um there's this uh there's this moment where mater because sorry if you haven't seen cars 2 and if i'm spoiling it for you but it has been out for i'm gonna have to watch it after now. yeah <laughs> there's, this, there's this one there's this one scene where mater is um he's trying to get like suited up in, in a disguise for some sort of intervention. That's the most that I'll spoil for it. Um, and uh, he, when he's getting his disguise, the woman or the other car who's helping him with the disguise notices that he has a dent um, in the, the rear, like his, his back left or something like that. And she's like, Oh, I'll fix that for you. And he's like, no, like, like I want to keep that. And he's like, she's like, why would you ever want to keep a dent? And he said, Dents have a very, it's, he obviously didn't say it as eloquently because he's made her, but he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was basically, he, it was something along the lines of dents have a very special place in my heart because they represent a memory of sorts. Those imperfections um, in yeah. my skin are a memory. And I, I think it's kind of the same thing here. And that's how I've always felt um, is imperfections whether you like them or not represents something 
Like I might not like that my car has mm-hmm. a dent in it because I got a car crash, got in a car crash or something like that. Uh, that's not something that has happened, by the way. But just for the sake of example, but good, know, sure. good, good. <laughs> to, to a degree, it's like a memory if your car has a dent in it that because somebody like hit you or something along those lines. And I think that that's really special too because to the viewers, it just. It, it looks like it's just a fancy studio, but to you, it's so much more because you you took the time to um, you took the time to work on it, and you used some of your dad's stuff, mm. uh, and you did it with your mom as well. And I know not many people do projects with their parents, especially when they get older, because there's that whole independence thing. So it was also special in that regard. Um, and I think that's really cool. I didn't know Absolutely. that your studio had yeah. that much um, sentimental meaning. Chewie's studio has soul now. That's what it has. It does. Yes. It yes. has. That's another Pixar film. I need to see that film. Oh, I need to see that film. Yeah. yeah, I was. Not, I was not expecting it. Yep. Oh no. Okay. Maybe I won't watch it right now. Then I'll watch it another time. Yeah. No. I was. You know, like when 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 you invest a lot of money into these things, I went into the project like right. I'm gonna make it like this flashy thing. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be absolutely crazy. It's gonna be like the world's most perfect studio. There's gonna be a freaking disco ball. Here we go. You know. You know. And you and I went into it with that mindset. And slowly as things progressed, I realized that that wasn't the thing. And it can stress you out sometimes like, damn, I'm investing a lot of money into this. And there's a hole in the wall that I wasn't expecting to be there, yeah. you know, or something like that, you know. Um, but again, it's only after it was all finished that I look at those things and go, yeah, OK, that doesn't quite look as neat as maybe it could do. But it makes not, it not mine. like in the magazine and the picture that you saw it was going to look like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. And considering we basically did all of it ourselves with zero experience whatsoever, you know, I don't think we did a bad job at yeah. all. And so I love working in here and it's had a really good response from people, uh, you know, being able to see it and being able to see the, the change in environments from what I used to um work with for four years and and now what i've got today and and the great thing about the studio is that it's still expanding like this just this week i got a secondary headset for another microphone and for track ir so that's kind of like a built-in system for itself so that's separate if i'm doing you know other content with dcs world where i've not got a directional microphone that can always pick things up at the right time and so it's little things like that that you know and like adding little wall fixtures and stuff here and there so it's it's nice to keep it as an evolving project at the same time where I can make different changes and um, and change elements to it if I want to. You know, like nothing is set in stone. It's my own domain. If I want to completely switch it around, I can do. Um, but uh, I may need a strong drink beforehand. Okay, so. No, I was going to say <laughs> one more thing on your studios. I think for you, uh, listening to the entire process, didn't even know how how it came about you know your dad and stuff mm. but i think it was well needed uh for you and your mom, yeah you know giving everything that was going on at the time being home having the time this something that occupied your mind mm-hmm. occupied you know everything i think i think this was needed for you i dare to say that oh you know? absolutely but i couldn't agree was. more and it was again something that i was not expecting to happen with the studio build and something that was a really lovely surprise for both of us i will remember for the rest of my life Mum and I stood in the middle of this room after the first coat of paint going, oh my gosh, what the have we done? Um, you know, <laughs> what have we done? Like, can I please go and reverse this? And, you know, and, and, and I will carry that with me forever as one of the fondest memories that we've got. Um, and it was, and, you know, I don't care to 
um, admit that when I was dismantling dad's desk, I was physically sick because I felt like I was kind of moving him out and it was awful, but it was something that I absolutely had to do and something that he would be so annoyed that I didn't do sooner kind of thing. And, um, and it's part of the healing process. And as you say, you know, we had a lot of time. We still do have a lot of time on our hands. Um, and it was something that was financially viable as well with everything that had gone on. And so kind of like the stars aligned in a way for it to happen. And um, don't get me wrong. I would much rather my dad still be here and me be in a cramped little studio um, struggling with production. Um, but um, I've always maintained that I've just got to play the cards that I'm dealt. And in 2020, yes, mum exactly. and I were dealt a rough hand and it's how we dealt with it and how we're getting through it now into the new year. And this is kind of like the physical manifestation of that, if that makes sense, this studio. So as you say, people might just see an aspect of it on my live stream and just see the camera, but this whole working environment means so much more to me than what people can see on the camera. But that's, that's for me. And that that's fine. You know, like they don't need to necessarily see all of those things and know all of those things. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. I love yeah. it. There are things that I would maybe change, but I mean, that's the same with every project, right? You know, there will be things that you go, oh, I kind of wish I'd have moved that shelf up a little bit higher or something. But again, it's the imperfections that you learn to love in a way. Absolutely. Work in progress. Yeah. But <clears throat> quick question for you. I was just thinking about your history here. Uh, flight simming. How many flight simulators have you flown? Or is um, uh, so- a lot or... I started with FSX back in 2008 and then moved to Lockheed Martin's prepared version three in 2015, um, picked up X-Plane. I think it must've been 2017 X-Plane came about. Um, and I've dabbled a little bit in digital combat simulator. And then of course, Microsoft flight simulator as well. Um, I never really, I never was, you know, FS9 or FS2004 or anything like that. I've never really done like mobile simulators, like infinite flight or anything. Um, those are my main ones. So kind of like the big, you know, um, Canon simulators. Yeah. The big four, right. Um, that's, that's my bread and butter, so to speak. Yeah. What are your, I mean, the reason I'm asking because. Sorry, go for it, Norm. No, no, no. Um, go ahead. This whole thing. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, uh, what do your friends, or since I'm talking to um, somebody from the UK, what do your mates think <laughs> about um, <laughs> your, your as, a, as a flight simulation creator? Yeah. So it's kind of a weird one because a lot of friends with my previous line of work with commentary, they were like, what the hell is this kind of thing? You know, like you go from talking about Counter-Strike one day and now you're flying fake planes. Like, you know, where, where did this, (laughs) that is not a natural progression, dude. Like what happened? So yeah, I've had those questions. Um, you know, um, I had friends at university and at school and everything like that. And a really great group of people there, but, um, as with a lot of walks of life, you all go your separate ways kind of things. And so I've not really spoken to a lot of those people too much. Most of them respect it and are totally fine with it. And, you know, and well, they just kind of keep themselves to themselves and don't really care. My best friend, like, can't wait to come on the live stream. He's kind of renowned. He comes on like once every six months and just causes absolute havoc. 
um, and then goes away again and everybody loves it. And so that's, again, been something that's been really helpful to me is to have a supporting group of people completely away from it. People who have got nothing to do with flight simulation whatsoever, but who, um, even if they don't quite understand what I do, respect what I do. Um, but then I've got my uh, most of my friends now. I'm part of a, a team called Simfest UK. We raise money for charity flying a, a, a 747 um, home built simulator in the south of the uk yeah. and they're my best friends yeah. in the world um and they're all flight simulation people or real world pilots so a lot of my lifelong friends now i honestly feel i've met through this which is really crazy to think actually now that i'm verbalizing it but um um yeah so i've I've never been met with negativity, not even like from my parents. You know, you'll get it again with content creators. Like, is this really how you want to spend your time? Like, you need to be out getting a job, you know. I've never had never had a single second of that from my parents, like kind of judging what I was doing or questioning whether it was worth my time that I was doing it. Um, so that's helped a heck of a lot, yeah. That's really good because I sometimes I feel as if people think that just because they don't understand why you would ever want to do this, that it's not a viable job to have or mm. a viable thing to do. Cause at the end of the year, at the end of the year, at the end of the day, um, I, I I've always personally thought that it's, it's most important to always do something that you love to do. Yeah. And you know, it, it shouldn't really matter if you've never heard of somebody's job or if like being a streamer is still kind of an obscure thing to want to do as your regular job because it's not being a doctor or a lawyer or something along those lines. Because as long as you love it, then like what's what's wrong with that? You know, absolutely. And you kind of have to. I'm, show I'm the old. I'm the old guy here. <laughs> I'm, the old, I'm the old guy here. And I tell my kids, I'm like, as long as you can make it viable. Yes, that's absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make, if you can make it viable, I have nothing to say to yeah. you other than, hey, good luck. You know, and, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, I do get the looks. I get family friends who come around and, and mum's like, hey, look at the studio. Look at the studio. And I can see the look on their face. And they're like, hi, as I'm sat here in my pajamas, you know, like at this crazy desk and everything like that, you know, and they're like, what the heck is this kid doing? You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I get those looks, but um, they're, they're jealous. They wish they could stay home in their pajamas and crick. Yeah, tent. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, so on the, the, that's a really interesting, like just quick side topic that like, again, as much as I love my job and I really, really, really do not take it for granted. A lot of people think that it is like the most perfect job in the world, being able to sit at home playing flight simulator in your pajamas all day, yeah. every day. I can assure you that it is not for everybody. I'm very much yeah. a home yeah. person. I love the security and safety of my home. Don't get me wrong. I love traveling and everything like that, but I'm always been very much a home person. And so I don't mind sitting within these four walls for 12 hours a day. Whilst for some people, that would absolutely drive them around the bend. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's not for everybody, that kind of thing. So as much as some people think that it's like the most cushy, lush job in the world, on that note, you know, I don't have a boss. I don't get sick pay. I don't have a pension, um, you know, like most people who are self-employed kind of thing. Everything is on me. If I wake up one day and I don't want to work, I lose money. It's as simple as that. And so self-motivation yeah. is something that's like really important when this transitions from being a hobby to a job. Um, yeah. You need 100% self-motivation. Absolutely. And if, and, and if you yeah. don't have it, um, it will, it just will not work. And don't get me wrong. There are certainly days where I get out of bed and I do not have much motivation 
and I have to force myself to get set up sometimes. But again, as what we said earlier, as soon as I click that go live button and I get people saying hello to me, instantly it's all washed away. And I can trust in that process that even if I am having a bad day before I go live, um, I know that as soon as I click that go live button, I'm going to be having fun. Yeah. It's kind of like the, it's it's just a reminder that you have to make the first step. And as soon as you make the first step to do anything, even if it's simply just pressing uh, record or start stream or whatever, that's that will instantly make the rest of the experience better. Yeah. Because you, you know, you're doing it because you love it. And even if you're having a day where you're not necessarily in the mood to start it, like you still love to stream. So as soon as you actually start streaming and getting going and interacting with people the way that you have grown to get used to interacting mm. with people. And that's just like, regardless of how you're feeling, you're from a psychological standpoint, you're going to get a lot of dopamine because you're doing something that you enjoy, but also just from a personal, just, just, I guess in, in, in general standpoint, um, you've you've taken the step and you've you've gone through the hurdle of deciding that this is what you're going to do yeah so then it just makes the whole rest of the process easier like i i'm a frequent runner um i try to get out most days to do at least four miles or something along those lines and the first mile Jeez. always sucks <laughs> and you want to stop and like especially in the winter yeah. when you're running in 18 degrees you hate it you do not want to be out there like the only thing that's keeping you on the road is the fact that if you stop now you're going to be freezing because you're going to be walking home like however much like you run <laughs> yeah you have to run home but, but as soon as soon as you get past that first mile and you start to warm up and you you have the music playing in your ears and like hey maybe your favorite song came on or hey that's a weird car that just passed me or something along those lines you you get in the groove and it's it's just so much better from there wow what's wrong with soldier chewy i don't know <laughs> running outside in the winter <laughs> i know right like screw that i can do that kind of thing i've got a crush trainer in the conservatory and that's cold enough <laughs> there you I, go i don't i don't know myself sometimes honestly like well, <laughs> going out seeing that the wind chill is like negative two degrees fahrenheit which i don't even know what that is in celsius but probably really scary yeah um, very <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely is daunting but it it, it's worth it in the end, you know. To to build on what Soul says about you know building up the endorphins while running, uh, Chewy, what gets you going mostly? GA flight or tube liner? If you're not feeling it and you have to jump into something and fly into sim, what do you want to fly? Tube liner is uh, my want to do bread it. and butter. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Easily. See, that's um, what I say too. Uh, I don't know why I've not really taken too much interest into general aviation flying. I mean, I've thought about it and mulled over it for a long time. And I think the simple answer is just, I love huge aircraft with massive engines on the wings. <laughs> like, what more can I say? Like, you know, I just yep. love that. And um, yeah, I've always been a, even though I've not got the most technical knowledge in the world, I don't claim to ever have that. I love being able to operate all the different crazy systems that you've got in all these aircraft and it's an advantage that we have as a flight simmer over real world pilots the mm -hmm. fact that one day i can be flying in alaska in a 737 the next day i can be at uh, you know sydney in an a320 or something like that you know 
Um, so yeah, I'm much more of an airliner guy. Like I dabble in a bit of general aviation flying here and there if I fancy a change of pace. And by that, I mean a dramatic change of pace because my gosh, those things are slow. Um, oh my but, God. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, no airlines through and through. I love the realistic ops replicating real world flights and, you know, and all of those things. And and that's the buildup because I know you probably never thought about it, but I, sometimes I think about it like, okay, what is it I love about uh, tube liner flying? It's the setup, the preparation, mm -hmm. the buildup to the runway threshold and ATC says clear for takeoff. You're like, uh oh, it all comes down to this one minute here. If I screw up, all my 30 minutes of pre-planning and pre-prep and, yeah. and engine checks and pushback and taxi is gone. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't get off the ground. Right. That's so, it. Yeah. It's 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 a really like fascinating thing with tube liners because you can miss one switch and you can be in trouble pretty quickly. Especially yeah, I've I have been, done that. Yeah. I, we've all done it, right? But again, it's being able yeah. to laugh at that and going, oh damn, my aircraft's not pressurized. Oh, the window's slightly open and we're suddenly <laughs> getting rapid cabin depressurization. What do yep. we do now? Um yeah, <laughs> I forgot to set the trim, so I'm not lifting up. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, why Why am I getting this warning sound? Oh, yes, flaps. You know, those are a thing, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. It's it's all part of the fun of it. And um, uh, I don't necessarily like uh, modeling failures as such because I feel that they're very no. difficult to handle solo whilst trying to fly the aircraft, keep up with Twitch chat, and talk to a traffic control at the same time. Yeah. I'm only a mere mortal. I can't do all those things at once. But yeah, I love the different systems set up with different aircraft, the different operating procedures between airlines as well. I find so fascinating yeah. how different you get the exact same aircraft, the exact same configs, but almost flown in a completely different manner by different airlines. Um, you know, you just learn little things like Lufthansa, all of their pilots land every single landing without auto thrust in or auto throttle in. Oh, you know, little know things like that, that most everyday wow. people don't give a flying flamingo about. But I love those kind <laughs> of little tidbits of information. I think it's great. I just got schooled in a comment in one of my videos. The guy was like, hey, why do you insist on what did you say? Why do you insist on putting the gears down before you went full flaps or something in reverse? And he's like, yeah, Airbus is not flown that way. I'm like, uh, okay, thank you. Um. <laughs> Backseat piloting. Oh, gosh. We could be here all night on that topic. And we got another episode of a podcast on that one. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. But this is the reason why, like you, I don't like GA stuff. It's too easy to go in and flip four switches and take off, and then you're going so slow. And some people right. love that, though. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, That's the beauty of flight simulation. And the thing True. that is so good is that there is an aircraft for everybody. When you, whether you want to be going Mach 2.0 across the Atlantic in Concord, whether you want to be fighting in DCS in an FA-18 Hornet shooting down your friends, whether you want to be traveling at 80 knots over the south coast of England in a little Cessna, who would want to do that? But, you know, like, if you want to do that, you can. Um so even, yeah. and, and that's the thing again, back onto the whole content creation thing is that there is a content creator for each of those styles. For what I true. don't specialize in as a content <clears throat> creator, somebody else definitely does. And so as long as people who are interested in flight simulation are finding the right content creator for what they want to learn about or what they want to watch or experience, I don't care if they're watching my live stream or not. You know, I'm, I'm not going to judge them if they're watching another live streamer over me. If that's if the content that that other content creator is making is specifically what they want out of 
um, their viewing experience. Absolutely. It's all a common goal with flight simulation. And we've got so many amazing content creators who all help to kind of build it up. And let me let me say hi to a gentleman called Two Tone Murphy. I'm not sure if you heard of him mm. yet, but he's got uh-huh. he's got the G, the GA thing. Just I mean, he's got a hundred people flying with him yeah. in the GA, and that's all he does, and it's brilliant. He's know? smashing it, and it's so and cool, and it's so motivating yeah. to see yes. to see names that six yes. months ago I may not have heard of, or to see personal friends who I never had any idea had interest in streaming or anything like that suddenly come around. Hey, even my girlfriend randomly streams Microsoft Flight Simulator every now and again. I'm like, baby, you're okay. Like, you know, you don't need to do everything that I do to like please me. You know, like if you want to stream something else, you don't have to stream this. But hey, it's 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 great, and it's so cool to see like a load of different people having fun with flight sim whatever they're doing whether it's and i'm just like everybody else as soon as my live stream goes off i'm just a viewer of flight simulation right um and so there are particular live streamers and particular types of content that i prefer over others um and there's nothing wrong with that and so i think it's really important for me um to gauge just as like for what inspiration i may i hate like saying that, oh, I'm an inspiration to people. That's not what I'm trying to say. But for any inspiration that I may have put into somebody's content, um, I'd like people to know, other content creators to know that it doesn't matter whether you have two or 200 viewers, like it's just as inspiring to see other people having their own take on the same style or the same genre, I guess. No, it's true. I, I like retiring to the living room on the big screen TV and pull up a stream and just watch. Yeah. Or have it as have it as background over a lot of other things I could be watching. Mm-hmm. I watch a live stream. Yeah. And there's somebody in a, in an airplane and they're talking and they're flying and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> just you don't know? tell streamers when you're in the bath watching because I get that <laughs> sometimes where they're like, Chewy, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm watching you from the bath. Like, okay, I mean, I don't know what you look like, but I'm just getting some sort of weird image in my head. That's completely throwing me off track. You know, like, if, I mean, you can do those things, but just don't tell us, please. You know. <laughs> I like tell me no, tell I've me if you're like in the airplane cockpit or something like that's cool but not when you're <laughs> yeah right that. yeah right it's uh it's kind of a weird one i've got a, i've got a good friend of mine again i won't mention names who's a, a popular live streamer who i wouldn't say they get offended but they they don't always i think take it as as they maybe should do when people say that they fall asleep watching their content I couldn't give a damn if people fall asleep watching my content because if it shows that my content is doing something for them to help them to relax and get rest and everything like that, I don't care whether they find it boring and that's the reason why it's like, like that gets them to fall to sleep. Um, right. Yeah. It, I, absolutely. I think it's a perfectly viable viewing experience to watch something to go to sleep. I don't think or having something on in the background just as kind of like background noise. Um, to get yourself to relax or to do whatever. I've got yeah. lots of viewers who uh, have me on in the background whilst working. You know, they might not even yep. be physically, uh, you know, like watching what's going on. They're just listening to the conversation and that's it. Um, yep. And so that's, again, like really fascinating for me to kind of like, uh, not analyze, but like think about, okay, how can I, I tailor mean, my content to those kind of things? You are the new form of entertainment i mean there's there's a million channels on television Mm. and a lot of us don't watch tv anymore there's a million youtube things out there a lot of us pick and choose but you are a content creator you are entertainment your channel is the new thing that 
some people don't understand, but we don't want to watch TV. We don't want to watch a soap opera. We don't want to watch anything. I want to watch a flight simmer. Have we seen this plane 10 times? Yes. Have we seen this route a million times? Yes. Mm. But just sounds, the conversation, the, the flaps coming out, all that stuff is fascinating to us as entertainment. And we take pleasure of it because we like airplanes. Yeah. You know, that's the great concept you know, of like Twitch and everything in general is that there is a channel for everybody. There's so many different categories. I think in May, 2018, um flight simulator x was ranked 210th in categories on twitch to put things into perspective you know um i would have hoped that we we're a little bit up in the ranking order now since then but you know if you think about it that's 209 other categories 209 that's above yeah. us and yet still you get people who are able to kind of seek out that kind of thing and tune in and watch it for whatever reasons yeah. they do and so yeah it is like a form of entertainment and it is the new form of entertainment we're living in a completely different world to where we were even five years ago i think with content creation let alone 10 years ago with with content creation whether it's live or on uh, on recorded on youtube as well so yeah it's really do you, cool do you think microsoft is gonna uh somehow maybe raise that number with the microsoft flight sim coming out now so this has been a really interesting thing for me to analyze and i've worked you know with microsoft on various things in terms of you know like the live streams that i've done on their channel a few times and stuff like that and um being lucky enough to fly out to seattle and kind of talk to the developers and see what their mindset is and stuff and, and how things are developing and a lot of people have been very skeptical of microsoft flight sim because of certain things that aren't in order at the moment um and certain things that they feel are taking too long um to develop but since I, f I remember sitting, it was so funny because Flight Sim Expo happened in Orlando and I, you not, two hours after the expo finished, Microsoft announced MSFS and nobody at yep. the event had any clue at all. Nobody wow. had any idea. And I remember speaking to Asobo Studios about it and going, yeah, you guys timed that one well, didn't you? And it was all to do with the Microsoft upper echelons basically saying we need to prioritize E3 because that's where it was announced. And it was just pure coincidence that that was when it was announced. Um, but I've always been on board with it since day one of seeing that announcement. And, and it's not just because they flew me out to Seattle and were kind and treated me to an awesome Italian meal and everything like that. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's not just about those things, but I believe in the product. And yes, there are things that need to be worked on with it. But the thing that I like about Asobo Studios um, who are the main kind of driving force really behind a lot of the crazy tech with this is that they admit that there are things to work, you know, on and they know that there are things that need to be developed and things that need to be changed and their community outreach has been absolutely phenomenal, um, especially with the live streams and the content creation that they've done. I'm good friends with Jane, who's the community manager for Microsoft, and she has um, been absolutely loving um, her introduction into the flight simulation community. And so when you've got people who are passionate working on a simulator like that, um, I think the long-term goals of it are very, very exciting. And so yeah. even if people are frustrated at the moment that it doesn't have a PMDG 737 in it, you know, how long did it take before the current simulators that we've got were able to handle complex things and I completely agree. get to the stage yeah. where we are now? It took years. Yeah. Yeah, I so so we actually talked to, uh, or rather, I actually talked to uh, Jorg and Seb um, a couple months ago. I uh, sat down with them, and unfortunately, because uh, 
they had to we had to do something that worked out with their schedule since they were all in France. Um, Norm wasn't able to join me, but um, I, I remember feeling that exact same thing that they they it didn't matter whether they started in flight simulation or whether they were just a part of a Sobo and they just happened to get into this because of their standing there. Yeah, everybody everybody seems to really love what they're doing. And I, that was something that fascinated me too, um, that I completely agree with you, uh, where you said that they are, they're willing to admit their faults because I remember very specifically, I asked Jorg a, a question, a kind of loaded question about the SDK to see how he would respond. Because at the time, mm. the SDK was definitely getting a lot of slack from developers specifically for not being what they needed. And I remember yeah. I asked him and he gave me a very clearly scripted response at first. And then we kept on talking <laughs> and I kept on getting to know them more. And then at the end of it, he, he, he stopped me because I was about to ask him another, no, I was about to wrap up the interview because they gave me an hour time slot. And I wanted to respect that because I didn't know exactly um, how they functioned there and all that. And he said, he said, I, I want to stop you for a second. I just want to say like, First of all, don't worry about going over the time slot or anything along those lines. Like, it's totally cool. We're, re I'm, I'm really enjoying talking to you right now. This is yeah. a really great thing that we're having. But I also just wanted to, to go back to a question that you asked earlier, and you, you asked us about the SDK, and then he immediately just dropped the facade and got really real with me and was like, "Yeah, the SDK really isn't what." developers want it to be and it really isn't what we want it to be for them right now and, and we get that and it sucks but we just we just want people to at least understand that we recognize that that's an issue and that we want it to be fixed yeah. just as much as you do and as soon as he did it i was just like you know what any doubt in my mind that i had about the simulator just because of how young it is it's it's really just like they want to do this properly and seeing that is so great um especially because it's such a, a new voice compared to x-plane mm. and p3d which have been around for so long it's, to see it's, them it's microsoft's longest running great. franchise yeah 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 it, 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 you know this is the origins of microsoft this is where this is the you know the older than office and everything like that microsoft flight simulator is was is the longest thing for them and and i was really when we went to seattle i was really intrigued with the fact that and there were questions that came up uh frugal i remember who is very blunt with his questions which is great because it puts people on the spot and he doesn't <laughs> you know he doesn't mind saying his mind which to some people can come across i, I worry as arrogance but he does it with the best intentions for the community because he wants answers for people and and he just said why are you back you know you kind of abandoned <laughs> us a bit right like you know you kind of left us back there and we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. You know, why are you back? And, and you could tell that it was, um, it was out of passion. Um, I remember having a discussion with the content creators the night before the preview event, wondering, is this going to be some like corporate thing where they're very stone faced with us? They've all got very scripted answers and they don't really let a whole lot on with questions. And we can tell that it's just going to be them trying to make a quick buck and then they're going to go again. And within about half an hour of the day starting, all of those worries were completely dissolved. And, you know, it's a case in example. Seb, again, who's the founder and I think CEO of uh, Asobo, um, he's 
got his own uh, private pilot's license and things now in France and everything like that. And I yeah. know a number of the other Sobo Studios staff have as well. And again, I mentioned Jane earlier on. She's not got anything to do with flight simulation before this whatsoever. And she is really looking forward to the flying lesson streams that she does and everything with uh, with Forda. Um, and so that's I, th I think that's the, the critical thing that Microsoft and Asobo are passionate about the project. And they, as we say, they're willing to admit that not everything is perfect right now. And I think people in the community need to sometimes have a reality check and go, okay, the icing model isn't great. Okay, the real world weather needs some work. Okay, the photogrammetry isn't perfect right now. Okay, we've not got a great SDK, but think about how groundbreaking this is. Like, I remember pre-alpha at that event, I flew over my freaking house. <laughs> I, you know, I'd just flown 4,000 miles on a 777 to then show the developers the house that I'd left like 24 hours <laughs> earlier on. How, how ridiculous yeah. is that? You know, that's absurd. Um, and then if you think about that, that it's level to that detail, you know, I live in a small market town in Oxfordshire in the middle of England. If you think about it on the worldwide scale, this, you know, it's an award-winning simulator already. It's, it's yeah. groundbreaking tech. And so, you know, stay patient, stay on board with the product. Yes, it might be frustrating that you've not got your PMDG 737 six months after release of the simulator, but um, I kind of find that those people um, aren't going to be involved with flight simulation excuse the pun, but for the long haul anyway. Uh... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like if, if they're going to, if they're going to yeah. give up on a project after six months, cause it's not got everything that they desire in it straight away. They're yeah. not the type of people who are going to be in here three years time and, yep. and contributing positively to the community necessarily. Yep. I was one of those people who at the beginning, you know, had a lot of critical things to say about it, but I'll tell you what I've been judging it by lately. I've been having fun. Mm. I've been, coming in, I've been yeah. coming in on approaches and going, holy moly, look at this scene. You know, I should be paying attention to the runway and two miles out, I'm, I'm looking over the wing. Right. At the trees, the tree line, the, the ocean, the buildings going, what? You know, I've been having fun. That's how I've been judging it lately. You know, the A320 mod, those guys are doing a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how much. But that's how I've judged Microsoft now is the fun level I'm having in the simulator with the weather, with the cloud breakout, with going, oh my God, did you see that lightning in the cloud? You know what I mean? Like what? This is a simulator. Yesterday I was leaving Kingston, Jamaica, taxiing along the ocean and there was waves. Yeah. I, like I'm, I'm astonished going. So <laughs> it lets me forget the little things that you wished it could be better now which mm -hmm. will get better eventually. But if you're, if you are having fun in it, it's good to go. And yeah. that's, that's where I, I am. now. It's what it all comes really? down to at the end of the day yeah. with flight simulation. It's about having fun. And that might seem like a really simple kind of boring answer, but if you're not having fun doing something, don't do it, especially when it's supposed to be a hobby. And, you know, and, exactly. and, and that is it, you know, I don't fly Microsoft flight simulator as much as I fly prepared or X-Plane 11. Again, that's just because I'm waiting for the tube liner stuff to come in to fruition. As soon as that's there, hell, I'm going to be even more over it, you know, all over it than I am currently. And I still have great fun in it. It's a great change of pace. It's really good fun to go and explore somewhere that I may never have heard of um, or something. And, and as you say, you just look out the window and go, holy moly, this is flight simulation in 2021. You know, yeah. I, I remember FSX days where you could barely load in a tile without the thing running out of VAS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that and that was only what four or five years ago. 
Um, if you really think about it, you know, 32-bit simulators aren't that far away. You know, they were only a couple of years ago. And now here we are with this, which was kind of dropped on us with an absolute bombshell. Nobody knew about it. Nobody expected it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as I say, again, the pun, you know, stick around for the long haul with it. It might not have every feature that you specifically desire in it right now, but um, I trust in the developers. I trust in the process that with time, um, those things will come and hopefully they will. And again, the flight simulation community will be the first ones to criticize them if they don't eventually. Um, and I think that's one thing that Microsoft have learned from this. I'll be totally honest with you, is that they know that the flight simulation community um, are more than passionate, which we are, yeah. you know, we are not afraid to call out things and we are not afraid to, um, put our hearts on our sleeve, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? That might sound like kind of cheesy. Um, the simulation community flight sim is very outspoken. Yeah, very. yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that, again, some people might um, sense as toxicity, but I actually see it as passion. The fact that somebody is this passionate about something that they want this project to be as good as it can possibly be, um, I think that's. I think that's that can be strongly related to how passionate they are about it as well. So um yeah all good things come with time right so i'm excited to see where microsoft flight sim is in a year from now in two years from now um you never know that's the exciting thing about it it's a rolling project the uk updates just released today that's another cool thing that's come in and um yeah i'm 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 on board with it i have been since day one and i'll continue to do so until i'm i've been given an excuse not to be on board with it if that makes sense yeah that does and it's, yeah. it's also crazy you put it you just put it in context for me, at least, how that really was just five years ago. Mm. I, I had completely forgotten that that is that is how that is how much progress we're talking here. That X Plane Ten was still like the simulator for people who didn't want to go to FSX. P three D was like not really that great yet, um, and and all of that was just five years ago and we go from Jeez. that to microsoft flight simulator 2020 which is just it, it's it's even it's not just groundbreaking for flight simulators but um we were talking we talked to ty um cat straighter a few uh, a, a while back and and beautiful it's, like, it's also just i love ty um it's, it's, <laughs> it's so groundbreaking for just games and and artificial intelligence and everything in general and it's it's just fascinating to me i i remember the words that i said again i'm sorry to keep bringing the trip up but it was like kind yeah. of again it was the shining light moment for me in my career um oh yeah i remember saying to the developer you like after testing it for an hour and again like showing them my home i said to them you've created the sim that we didn't know we needed yes. that was the only yeah. way that i could sum it up because we had no idea that this was kind of even possible. And, yes. you know, we'd just been kind of plodding along like, oh, nice, we've got 64-bit, we've got our airliners, here we go, we're all set kind of thing. And then suddenly this just drops on us, something that nobody had any idea about, as I say, and they've done something completely revolutionary. And I was like, we, I don't know how you've done this. And they've been working on it. So it released, what, August... 20 and they started i think the first iteration of the cessna going in was between february and april 16 that's when yep. they did the first test on it 
So, you know, that's, that's a, a good few years project. You know, that, this isn't something that they've created in a year. And now we're going to get people in the comments like, wow, they spent four years creating it. And it's like this, <laughs> how dare they? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was, I was quite contented with Orthophorexp and Orbix trees. Right. Yeah. And yeah. right. And now I'm coming over looking at trees going, what? <laughs> this is all, yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. You're right. This is similar that we didn't know we needed, but hey, I'm happy we have it. Mm. Absolutely. And speaking of Cat Strader, I think you're going to beat his record for the longest podcast, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I just talk yeah. all day, every day. So I apologize for that one. No, no, no it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's better when you have someone on the show who actually has stuff that they want to talk about instead of having to like egg them on to say, <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're here for it. <laughs> I always got in trouble at school with teachers because I talked too much. It was like the one thing at school that I did wrong. They were like, will you shut up? You know, you're never going to make any money from this. And I'm like, ha ha, look at me now. You know, like, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, there's never, never a worry with me and not being able to talk for some reason. I don't know. I could go on all night. I'm, I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's funny that you said that it's the simulator that we didn't know we, we needed because I remember my reaction to it. I, I had, I have before, um, before I started working at Threshold, I had maybe two or three other people that I knew that also did flight simulation. And as soon as the E3 trailer dropped, we all just, I, I got a message from every single one of them. And all of us were basically said something along the lines of, and pardon my French, what the fuck, how has this not happened? <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> and I remember, I remember that Boeing, sh the 747 shot doing it for all of us too. That was the one none of us could stop looking at because it was just, we couldn't believe that anything could look like that, especially a flight simulator. Mm -hmm. and we were, we were all used to just like the, at the time X planes PBR wasn't as amazing. And then P3D still has like some weird things with that and, and lighting and just seeing something like that was unfathomable. And I think it's exactly what you said. We didn't know we needed it, but as soon as we actually got it, we realized that it was something that is so important and so changing. Like Norm mentioned this earlier and I hadn't actually thought of it like this, but even though the sim has its shortcomings, there's still so much about it that is beautiful and is amazing. And you keep oh. in mind that this is like, they started this from scratch and it's, they like, this is what the first part of like the first few versions of the simulator look like like come on like <laughs> compared to what we have by default we're only it, half a year in hell. yeah yeah exactly six months jeez and just wait wow. like and i, since, and I, I keep on telling won, myself right? i keep on telling myself as soon as like the first airliner drops that is it like it i will be flying that plane religiously because the simulator is just too good to ignore it. Yeah, it's that's that's going to be a really interesting thing for me to analyze because I worry I'm not going to mention developer names although I'm sure some people in my community will be able to distinctively know exactly which developer I'm talking about just from the way that I describe things. I worry that there are developers out there who will rush to get things out to make a quick buck basically mm, and they will produce a product <laughs> and they will produce a product that is subpar 
um, but is an airliner of some form that will be somewhat flyable from A to B. And yeah, it will probably do its job for some people, but they will make a ton of money from it, probably not produce too many updates for it, but they don't care because they've got the first airliners out in MSFS and have made quite a lot of money. Yeah, okay, it's a business. That's what they're there to do. Um, but I I don't know. Just for me as Matt, let alone as Chewy, I don't kind of appreciate those things. I'd rather wait a year for a really good quality 737 to come out than wait two months and have a crappy one come out just for the sake of yeah. saying that I've got one in there and that the company yeah. potentially made more money because they got it there sooner. Um, yeah. But that's that's business. That's how different companies operate, right? So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that unravels over the next few months and the next few years. There's still some developers who are maintaining total radio silence on their involvement in the simulator and whether they're going to do anything or not, mainly for the fact that I don't even think they know themselves whether they're going to do yeah. anything yet. So it's still, again, I know we are six months into the sim, but it is still very early days in that aspect. And, you know, there are still people flying FSX to this day, right? You know, so... If you think yeah. about what FSX is as a product and what Microsoft Flight Sim is as a product, this simulator is going to be a project that's around for a while. This isn't going to die, a, a, you know, a horrible death in a year's time. Um, even if, for whatever reason, Microsoft do abandon it as a project eventually, um, it's kind of like what happened with the original FSX. The all the third party you know, things came out and the community drove the simulator and yes. Microsoft were the first people to admit that at the event when they said, yeah, we left and we were astounded at how the flight simulation kept our simulator running off your own backs by creating your own things on that. And that's something to be marveled at. Um, and so even though I don't think, I'm not saying that Microsoft are going to abandon this project or anything like that, even if they did, it's already a tried, trusted method in the community where we can drive it. And there's so many amazing freeware things and payware things that are coming out for the simulator already within the first six months that, again, you just imagine where this simulator could be in a few years time. And boy, is it exciting, I, I think. So, um, yeah, still work to be done. But I think that's I think that's cool to then for people to see a roadmap because pre-alpha, it was in a lot worse state than it is now. So if people think that it's got right, issues now, there. it's come a long way in a year and a half, I can assure you. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But you know what's funny though? Uh, I get this question in chat sometimes, and I, I I smile when I get it. What simulator is that you're flying now? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you can't tell the difference between X plane yeah, right. and Microsoft Flight Sim, but they can't when you're in the cockpit, or it depends on what clouds you're using. You know, no. it's it's just yeah, it it's something else. But I'm just happy that we have multiple simulators that we can fly, and the audience is still there regardless mm -hmm. of which one they're flying. Yeah, I find that fascinating. I thought people would be like, "Yeah, we don't want to see anything except Microsoft." They're watching everything. They're watching all of it. Yeah, and they like it. That's good. It's good fun. Yeah. It's it's it 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 makes it so much healthier. Like my first year and a half was prepared five days a week, and it burnt me out eventually, really quite rapidly, because it was just the same things day in day out. And I was very cautious about moving to other simulators because, again, I was I was a little bit concerned about the metrics. Um, right. But yeah, it's really fascinating how consistent things can be. And yeah, there are, you know, slight things that I'm noticing like, okay, getting a little drop here and there when I'm doing these kind of things. But again, it's fascinating to do. And it's not always about the numbers. If I've got yeah. 200 people less watching me doing something in a simulator, but those 200 people are having fun watching me do it, 
Who gives a flying? You know, that's yeah. that's it. That's that's the yeah. goal. You know, um, numbers aren't everything. It's not the only gauge of success. Um, and so um, it's awesome to see a consistent level, no matter what simulator do fly but screw it even if there is variation as long as the people who are watching whatever simulator are in are having fun that's that's the goal for me and i think that should be the goal for every content creator personally oh yeah, yeah. you just remember it's flying that's all you're doing yeah it's fun the, the thing that you're flying with is is a background thing it's an, it, it's the plane is what matters um and yes there are obviously some differences between um, X-Plane and Prepared, since those are the two main ones. Uh, that's the only reason I bring them up when it comes to airliners. And there's certainly arguments to be had that one of them is more study level than the other, or, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, each one has the same purpose and you are doing the same thing in each one. And that is flying a plane from point A to point B or from point A to point A if you're one of those GA pilots. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> True. Now, that, that sim matters, man. That sim is the thing that brings all these simulators together on a Friday oh, yeah. when, the, when the skies are filled and ATCs everywhere to be found. I love it. I, I couldn't sim without that sim. I couldn't do it. Me neither. Whether, whether, it's, whether it's IVAO, Pilot Edge, you know, FSN, whatever, all these things, multiplayer flying is where it's at. Um, yeah. The ATC, and the, the thing that I love the most about flying online is the local ATC. You fly to somewhere like Israel, haven't flown to mm -hmm. Israel before, and then suddenly you get these incredible air traffic controllers who are very passionate and love what doing what they're doing. And it's like a hidden gem. And you're like, I'm going to come and fly here more often, you know, because not yeah. only is it a cool airport, yeah. but the controllers are amazing. And then, you know, like you fly in somewhere like Singapore and it's like three o'clock in the morning local time and they're staffing up an airport. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Go to bed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't care. Love, they love it. I love the different languages too. When yeah. I'm flying on, on VATSIM and I'm in, you know, wherever, um, France or Spain or the Caribbean or Cuba, and they're speaking Spanish while I'm like, whoa, this is like real, real. You know, I, I love that, man. Vatsim is the way to go. Can you imagine going back and flying when it, like you just started with no ATC, just you doing point A to point B by yourself? I mean, that's how I did start for a little bit. You know, like the first few months of content creation, it was that. And even when I started to get into Vatsim, I was quite hesitant about it because it is a big learning curve. And I think a lot of people mm -hmm. get, again, this goes back to my studies. They get... Um, you know, they get frightened when it comes to voice and broadcasting to people, especially at a busy airport or something like that. They're worried that they're going to say something wrong. Um, and I think that's a perfectly justified thing to do. But Batsim and various other online networks as well have got tools in place to be able to help people with that, whether it be you just listen to voice and respond in text or whether you just do text completely. Um, which, to be honest with you, text-only pilots can be a pain to controllers, but it's there for a reason and it's a perfectly viable yeah. thing to do. Um, and so, no, um, you know, like, yeah, I'll have an odd day off from Vatsim where I do just fancy flying from A to B and not having to worry about somebody, you know, sniffing my APU because they've not left much spacing behind me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I couldn't imagine not flying on Vatsim, even if you don't get air traffic control. It's fun seeing other aircraft and going, oh, I wonder where that guy's flying and having a look on Vatspy and seeing what route he's doing and what aircraft he's in. I, I love yeah. those things. I absolutely love it. Definitely. Wow. 
I have to say, it's good to know that somebody else here uses Vatspy because I always get crap for it. Everybody's like, you should just use Vatastic, but oh Vatspy no, Vatastic's awful. Oh god, yes, thank oh, you. Come on, thank no, <laughs> Vatastic is awful. No, no, it makes it easy to see who's online versus Vatspy. You gotta clear. No, Vatspy's no, Vatspy had a huge update with the sector file now and everything. It's automatic, so you've got all the correct regions and everything in. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. And if you're part yeah. of like the superior, you know, Apple, because who uses Android? You know, you've got Vatscope on your uh, on your phone as well. That's an amazing app. So Vatscope's awesome. That's that's a really good one. Now I'm just I'm just googling Vatspy to go download it again. <laughs> <laughs> we've converted another one success yeah sorry fantastic sorry <laughs> i could have stand alone i'm gonna have a nasty yeah. email in the morning from the fantastic developers like dude you didn't need to say that like <laughs> so um how did how did you end up being a uh, a supervisor on on vatsim like how does how do they was there like a selection process where did the, you get an email one day and they were like, Matt, we want you to be our next supervisor? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not at all. It was a self brought about thing where I wanted to see the network from another perspective. Um, I'd already got, you know, a thousand or so hours under my belt as a pilot, no controller rating. And it used to be a thing a few years ago where you would need a certain air traffic control rating uh, to apply to be a supervisor. But they wiped that um, a few years ago now, just before I, mm. I joined. And I simply just said to a friend of mine, um, I said, hey, where do I apply to be a um Vatsim supervisor and uh, I sent in uh, a thing and obviously you know like they check you need to be over the age of 18 and you need to have a clear record and those kind of things and um, there is a, a bit of training that you have to do and you have to get referees so you have to get two people usually again if you're a controller because the majority of supervisors are controllers you'll get people from your local ARTCC or something like that who write references about whether you're good or not but um, I've recently referred a friend of mine um, who got successfully um, selected to be a supervisor and again I've I've only got a mere S1 rating and I'm a supervisor as well so you don't have to have a crazy higher ranking um, role in VATSIM to apply to be a supervisor whatsoever. I just wanted to see the network from another side and to help out. Um, I think some people thought I wanted to be a supervisor, again, just to kick trolls off the network, and that was it. Mm. But a supervisor's role on the VATSIM network is not there just to get rid of trolls. It's to, um, to facilitate help for people who may need it in whatever capacity that may be. Um, and so it was really cool just to kind of get a different look at things and see how things operated from another perspective. Um, and it can be good fun as well. There's a bit of camaraderie with it. Um, so uh, it's definitely something that if people are interested in, um, I would recommend having a look at, even if you're not successful on the first try, you know, um, right. It's not something to take to heart if you don't get in the first time. There are certainly other roles and things that you can do within the VATSIM network, even if not as a supervisor. Um, yeah. It's good to know. Never knew that existed. Mm. Mm. Well, I think you did know that being a supervisor existed because you got well, uh, yeah. yelled at by one a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. No. No. I, I... <laughs> oh, we've all done it. I am a... I am a... <laughs> I am what? Well, how should I explain this? I became a victim of my own success, <laughs> in, in in the sense that my little niche, niche of YouTube where I stream uh, seemed to have at least 
six to ten people who always want to fly with me now whenever I'm live streaming. Yeah. And I so love it. I mean, literally just having the traffic every time and also have that ATC um, controllers come on right away. Mm -hmm. They staff up. <clears throat> but now I realize that I can't plan to be off the ground in 35, 40 minutes. It's not going to happen because there's there, once I get to the runway, there's six people ahead of you. Right. Because yeah. everybody with you and it's because of you. So now I'm like, Ugh. so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't FNO and they were trying something new on Vatsim where they were literally doing ground stop at, at different airports flying into this one airport so wherever you're orig originating from they were saying okay you know what ground stop for an hour nobody's leaving yeah i was like oh my god you can't you're kidding you know so uh, i got creative and said All right, you know let me just get offline let me disconnect and just do the flight and one of the guys was like hey why don't you just reconnect and when oh, i got no! the cruise, I <laughs> Yeah, that's like that's week. like rats in 101 no no right there <laughs> <laughs> and immediately yeah. the notification <laughs> i was so apologetic to do, whoever it was they're like they were so nice to me they're like listen just you know you can't do that you can't like, do I'm that so but that, that's it and you're not going to get banned yeah. for doing that kind of thing but yeah you're going to get a supervisor probably come and say like yeah dude come on really <laughs> as soon as you explain it and, and and you know like they realize yeah. that you're human and everything like that like yeah no mm -hmm. it's fine Everybody makes mistakes on the Vatsim network. There's, you know, as long as you learn from your mistakes and you're still having good fun with it and you're not necessarily causing a disturbance to other people, it's right. all in good jest. And that's the way yeah. that supervisors look at things as well. You know, you will get people who make mistakes and stuff like that as a supervisor. And as long as you can, you know, um, bring a resolution to a conflict, whatever that may be, um, in a peaceful way, which, you know, admittedly doesn't always happen. Sometimes you do have to be quite firm with people and remove people from the network, um, which yeah. is never a fun thing to do, but sometimes it's necessary. Um, but the vast majority of the time, it, it doesn't result in that. Um, you know, you'll get somebody who apologizes that they've made a mistake and you say, Hey, yeah, just contact this guy. You're not, you're in his frequency, but you've not contacted him yet. Just send him a message and then issue done, you know? everybody moves on with their day. So I find it really rewarding for that just to be able to um, kind of, in, in a way, it's like con a lot of people see that controllers represent VATSIM, but I think like the staff and supervisors and stuff like that, the people who are kind of on the front line talking to just general members of the network are kind of like sometimes the voice of the network, if that makes any sense. I think some people forget that there's a, a whole nother layer to VATSIM, uh, especially because you know, as, as you said that the controllers are the ones that you see from your day to day. Mm. But I mean, I, I tried to get into controlling myself and unfortunately wasn't able to continue it just because it, it takes up a lot of your time to, in order to do it properly. Um, and I just didn't have that time, but I just remember seeing all the procedures that they had in place and all the people who helped to make that possible and the incredible amount of time that went into that. And that is when I also truly understood that that is what makes VATSIM is all the people who work behind the scenes in order to make it, yeah. make the network as, as great as it can be. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of a long time to get things to, to work properly, but they try to do the best that they can. Um, especially as soon as they released that new Kodak, I think everything changed and, uh, Oh man. It, yeah. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. And, and and that was built out of love. My my best sure. friend is the yeah. My, my best friend is the guy who coded that. He is the guy who made the audio for Vatsim and like the 
the amount of you don't even want to know the conversations that I've had with him and the amount of swear words that were produced in Discord calls whilst that thing was being developed. Um, but it was done out of passion from day one. And as soon as that thing released publicly and he saw what a big difference it made to everybody in the community and how much they appreciated it, it was worth every 2 a.m. Discord call with him swearing at something not working, um, you know, and things like that. And again, with ATC operations, um, the the amount of finicky is the only word I can think of at this time, like detail that things can go into. Um, I won't mention things, but, you know, there there can be some heated conversation, shall I say, over the most tiny little things of aircraft operations that nobody on the network would have any, like, wiser difference as to what it's going to make on their average daily flight. Um, but the air traffic controllers love to go into that level of depth with things. Um, and sometimes <laughs> I do feel like they need to be wound back in a little bit and go, whoa, 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 hold your horses here, you know you probably got 13 year old Timmy who's not going to worry about separation, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like as much as you want to do things to the exacting standards and everything like that, you've got to realize that we're not professional pilots. A lot of us. Um, yeah. And so things have got to have a, a practical element to them um, for both controllers and for pilots on the network as well. Yeah. yeah. But that makes sense. Exactly. Oh yeah, but it, I, I, I keep saying it every stream. I appreciate Vatsim so much. You have no idea. Yeah, huge difference, man. Thank a controller it. every time you log off their frequency. Give them a thanks. They're not getting paid to do it. They're spending, you know, their own free time. As I say, with like you know Singapore or Sydney or ever, you know, at three o'clock in the morning logging in or something like that. I had Denver approach this morning. It was eight a.m. local time. Obviously, I don't know whether that that person lives in Denver, but you know. <laughs> 8 a.m. local time or even, you know, well, what would it have been for? It would have been at the latest 11 a.m. on a Tuesday local time, that guy logging in. Um, and you just yeah. give them a thanks. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Just give them a thanks at the end of it. When you switch over frequency, job done. Everybody wins. You know, they feel appreciated. The worst thing that you can do as a the my pet peeve as just a member of the Vatsim network is when people avoid ATC. I'm like, what the hell is the point? Um, yeah. yeah, you know, like they'll see a center come online and they're like, oh, I can't be bothered with that center. I'm going to log off and then log back on when he goes away. Like, wh why do you even fly on the network then? Yeah. yeah. You know True. that. Yeah, th I will admit that's one thing that riles me up a little bit. I, I don't I don't get that. So, yeah, just it's simple. Thank ATC. They are there to help you. And the majority of the time ATC comes online to give you a direct or something like that. You know, they'll give you oh, like yeah. they'll help. That's what they're there for. Yeah. I hate having to um self vector myself to the to the ILS just the eight oh. control, hey turn left oh, good thank you yeah yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> it my own approach <laughs> it does make it interesting especially when as you said there's like six other aircraft involved and you've all got a self vector mm -hmm. onto the same approach with good spacing although it does make mm -hmm. it very rewarding when you as a group absolutely nail it and you've got like yes. six people who are all again the biggest thing that came from the audio for for vats in the audio codec update was um, voice Unicom. Everybody Unicom, thought yes. it would be a bad idea. Everybody thought it was going to be a troll thing where people could just shout obscenities over the microphone. It was the best thing to come because so many people communicate on Voice Unicom and it is so yeah. easy to be able to um, plan things with other aircraft now when there's no air traffic controllers around because you don't have to sit there typing it when you're trying to put something into your aircraft. You can just push press to talk and talk about it whilst doing something else with your other hand on the mouse. You know, so... Um, 
yeah, it, 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 I, I would always prefer to have ATC over no ATC, but there are cool moments where you've got other traffic and you absolutely all nail the spacing between all of you and vacate perfectly and then park next to each other and like, yeah, who needs ATC? <laughs> kidding, please come online next time. That was, you know, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's just so cool how how regardless of what simulator you're from or or your background or everything, like along those lines everybody is is doing this out of a labor of love and i think that that's really what makes flight simulation so different from everything else because i have some friends who will ask me about it in comparison to other video games because um a lot of my friends still play counter-strike um or rainbow six or unfortunately Fortnite. (laughs) um I, I, you know, I, I always say to them, everybody who is participating in flight simulation loves it. And even if you get yelled at by a controller because you accidentally screwed something out up, it's because they want you to do it correctly. And, and they, they want this hobby to be um, as, as fulfilling to them as possible. And it, it just, yeah. it just makes everything so, so amazing. And sometimes you forget that and, you won't you know say thank you to a controller every once in a while because everybody there is doing it because they love it but it's also it's such a cool thing and i i think it's i honestly think the fact that it's a labor of not a labor of love i think the fact that it's it's something that we all love brings us together way more than we actually think it does sometimes i think um oh yeah i think think it's, it's it's a really an important driving factor and before i finish talking i just want to say a quick side note congratulations you have now made it to the longest podcast ever <laughs> yes <Woo>! yes <laughs> brilliant good well that was my achievement so we'll wrap it up here and thanks no yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i i think that's that's so cool with with like as you say with vatsim as well that like as you say, you've got friends who work or or who game in other things, and that used to be me. I used to work professionally with Counter Strike and Call of Duty, so I've seen other gaming genres, and I know what those communities are like. So, whenever somebody tells me that the flight simulation community is toxic, I just laugh because I'm like, bro, you see <laughs> nothing. Lobby, yeah. <laughs> I once had a three-page Reddit article about why my voice gave somebody the c word. Um, <laughs> when I was doing Counter Strike commentary, yeah, I oh shit you not. God. You know, I've, I've had my fair share of stuff said about me and everything like that in those communities. So if people think flight simulation is toxic or that there's a bad environment, I'm like, go and spend a day on the League of Legends subreddit and then come back to me because you'll be, you know, you'll be crawling back here, you know, you know, wondering why you ever took this place for granted. It's it's beautiful. It's uh, the yeah, there are a few bad eggs, but there's always going to be bad eggs in any kind of community, right? And the amount of them is strongly outweighed by the amazing people in the community and any bad eggs, um, whether they like to admit it or not, get found out eventually um, and get their just desserts, I feel. And I don't say that in like a sadistic, mean way, um, but because there is such an overwhelming power of positivity and passion as you say in the flight sim community it sounds really cheesy to say but that's always going to win over the few bad eggs absolutely yes. like 110 percent of the time yep 
it's 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 full circle you know it's it's just like what you were talking about whenever somebody trolls on your stream you send them a bunch of hearts it's the same principle. <laughs> <laughs> but for flight simulation i strongly recommend that to everybody who ever gets a troll in any of their live streams or something like that you know yeah just just do those kind of things as i say as i said earlier it's not what they expect so no, I, I love it. I think the, the community is what keeps me going every day. If it wasn't for the flight simulation community, whether it be VATS and controllers, people in my Twitch chat, other pilots, the developers, um, whether it be, you know, um, developers of simulators or third party developers, it's all a puzzle that comes together into, you know, one great picture at the end of it. And I think if just one of those bits of that puzzle didn't quite match uh, it wouldn't have the same environment and the same atmosphere for me and I wouldn't enjoy it as much. So um, I'll never take that for granted, the, the fact that we do have what we have um, technologically wise and community wise as well. Um, and, yeah. yeah. And let me say um, before we even end this, thank you for the inspiration that you think you don't give to people, but <laughs> you do. Um, thank you for the inspiration for a lot of us that have copied, um, mimicked, and just see stuff that you do and say, hey, you know what? That's a better way of doing it. Let me try that for, <laughs> for, for ourselves. And appreciate that. You know, appreciate, absolutely appreciate you being uh, the streamer you are and the content creator you are and, and so forth. And thank you for sharing that with the community. Of course. I mean, it. I'm just Matt at the end of the day. I sit at home That's and cool. play Flight Simulator in my pajamas. I'm the same as everybody else. <laughs> You know, I'm just lucky enough that I get to do it as a job. When I meet people at events, I'm just Matt. Come and shake my hand and have a conversation with me. You know, like buy, I'll buy you a coffee. I don't care. You, you know, like yeah. you, this, that's what it's all about. Um, and so I think that's as it's, again we talked about the topic of whether you're real or fake or something like that. You know, it's just I'm just Matt. Never, I'm never trying to be anybody else. I never want to be anybody else. Um, and uh, so. To hear that that kind of inspires people, like, I still don't take that very well. Like, I don't mean that in an offensive way to you, but I still don't quite know how to handle compliments very well. That's just <laughs> me. I've never been good at taking compliments, but I guess it shows that I'm doing something right, <laughs> which I'd like yeah. to hope I do. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just Matt, you know, like, it doesn't matter what my subscriber numbers are, what my viewer numbers are, you know, we, we're all flight simmers at the end of the day, no matter what we, what we bring to the community, we're all the same as each other. And we each bring equal value, um, I feel. Um, and I think it's something that any content creator going forward needs to remember uh, and value that no single person in the community is above the community, um, no matter how because numbers can get into your head i feel sometimes if you start really getting big numbers you can feel like you're the boss you can feel like you're yeah. the man uh, and i think that's very dangerous and um again we've already covered it a lot but that goes back into the toxic realm so yeah uh I, i'm just matt that's it that's it that's all i've got to say i'm i'm just matt i'm just like everyone else in this awesome crazy community well well just matt um <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much for um chatting with us i've had a, a great time and it's always really good to catch up with a streamer and also just somebody who's willing to have really in-depth conversations with us about just anything um i hopefully i speak for norm as well um that it's been it's been really great having you on and you've definitely um you definitely have 
been a really great person to talk to and uh um you definitely I keep on saying definitely <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you definitely are making me want to eat food because we've been on the the, the call for two hours <laughs> hey, it's like it's almost 2 a.m for me I'm going to bed after Jeez. this but I don't care Jeez. I don't care no, it's, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you guys coming on. I don't know if you, this is the first ever podcast that I've done. So I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been great just to chat. And like, we've not spoken before, but we can have a great conversation, right? You know, and, 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 yep. and that's what I love. So I appreciate you guys inviting me on. It's been fun just to kind of share my experiences and, and, and hear equal minded people and everything like that. So I hope the, the listeners, I was going to say watchers, but the, the listeners or watchers or whatever, I'm sorry that I haven't had a camera on, but hey, as I say, it's almost 2 a.m., so forgive me. Um, I hope they enjoyed it. I hope they enjoyed the conversation and, and took something away from it. I've taken stuff away from this conversation as well, um, and it's kind of reignited me a little bit, so I'm going to be pumped, ready to live stream tomorrow again. So I appreciate that Ooh, from both nice. of you guys. <laughs> nice. Well, one thing I can tell you is look forward to that nice clickbait title about you quitting streaming. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. I'm expecting good things of that. I'm expecting good things. <laughs>